I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah Welcome back, ladies and germs, episode 90 of the Change My Mind podcast, part of the hashtag Dork Gooniverse, along with Geeks Worldwide Radio and Midnight.fm. We are undisputably the people's podcast, and we are, of course, the podcast uh, formerly known as the prettiest, and we are the official uh, podcast still one week later of Fun Size Kit Kat Bars. I'm still on the, uh, the addiction there. Nice. And this week's episode is brought to you by Come and Go Convenience Stores. Come for the friendly employees and go for all the convenient deals and jacked up discounts. Like their social media initiative to give 10 cent pizza to the people that uh, erupted on Twitter. Or save 15 cents at the pump when you wrap your hands around the Come and Go gas nozzle and scan your discount card for explosive savings. That's Come and Go Convenience. Come. And go for it. I am Wesley Sykes, and through the other side of the ether is the Fat Thor to my Iron Spider, Mr. Nick Fryer. Nick, what's good in the hood? I am Fat Thor in this instance. Okay, so I am one of the most powerful beings in the entire galaxy. I'll take that. And I have Mjolnir, and I have uh, Stormbreaker. Right, you got you got a sweet beard too. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I would. Yeah. I mean, I, I shaved a while back, so it's not as long as it was earlier on in quarantine, but it's it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. So, uh, Nick, um, you know, I got a, I got a question for you here as I'm uh, retweeting our show link here. Okay. That's all squared away. Mm. Uh, now that Halloween is, uh, dead and gone as Justin Timberlake might say is in the books. Uh, how early is too early for Christmas decorations? Anytime before Thanksgiving. Anytime. Cause I was at the home Depot over the weekend. Uh, you know, shout to a little DIY uh, project. The wife and I did and painting the back room. Nice. Uh, Christmas decorations abound at the, at the Wareham home Depot. Well, it's fine. If you're at a, if you're at a store, if like you're trying to sell stuff retail, that's, that's cool. I, I get that. And you want to buy it. That's cool. But putting them up shouldn't happen until black Friday. Absolutely not. I'm like Thanksgiving is a legitimate holiday. Get out of my face. If you want to do that otherwise. Okay. See, I, I think we are actually, um, in agreement on this one. So I'm a big wow. like the weekend after Thanksgiving, putting up the Christmas decorations. Absolutely. Now. So you're a single guy. Do you, do you partake uh, in your local home or do you go home to kind of help set up with the family? And that sort oh, of thing? I, I look, my mom, put, my mom decorates like, I've, I've never seen anybody do it like her. She has this, like, she has a ton of Annalise, <laughs> great school winter wonderland. And when I moved out, I did not partake. I may go help this year, though. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I, I have like a I, I got this like stupid little Christmas tree that I put over on my my windowsill, and that's it. I don't do I don't decorate outside of that. See, the the wife and I were discussing yesterday uh, while we were out at Carmine's, a very lovely establishment out in the uh, New Bedford waterfront. Historic oh yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you get the eggplant? We I did. Yes, uh, I was a little disappointed this time around. Not enough sauce, actually. So uh, oh. not, yeah, I was a little disappointed. But everything else was delicious. Uh, okay. But we were discussing going from a, a real tree to a fake tree for the first time this year. And the wife brought up a potential $650 investment out of our house fund, mind you, to invest in a very nice fake tree. And I think that's uh, outrageous. Yeah, $650. What the hell? That better be the, the best tree ever. That better be like the uh, Times Square tree. 
I'm ready to invest like 150 to like maybe 200 at the max. That seems a lot more reasonable. I still don't know if I do that, but that is a lot more reasonable. Well, you get years out of it. So it is like I get the investment, but $650 is outrageous. Who came up with that number? That feels like someone just pulled it out of nowhere. That's I mean, from it some like designer tree that like is like a Douglas fir replica. And then you can get them like LED lit and all this other stuff. It's like, I'll tell you it's what, crazy. it's a racket is what they, what it is. Is that, is that the Kardashian version of it? Cause you're, that's what, that's what happens when you I, I think she's own. channeling it to be honest. I think I think it's a, a, a Poosh sponsored uh, Douglas fir fake tree. Are we going to hear from Poosh this week? By the way, we, we are. Yes, we okay. will. That's that's great. And uh, we will also be getting back to our roots. Some uh, some of the things that we do best at Change mm. My Mind. Uh, getting into an old fashioned debate, uh, ramble rousal, if you will. Here, uh, our original uh, versus sequel debate. Uh, much much uh, highly anticipated. We have Avengers: Infinity War in one mm -hmm. corner. And in the other, in the blue trunks, we have Avengers Endgame. Damn straight. And of course, this is not an original and a sequel, but this is an instance where you can easily yeah, it kind of rule. is, though. You know, You're it's right. in the umbrella. I can. You know what? Honestly, as I as we th came up with this idea, I heard in the back of my mind Mac saying the Avengers and uh, Infinity War isn't the original. The Avengers is. For some reason, Mac's the person that would be complaining about this. So that's why. That's all. Okay, so you're thinking of Mac there. Okay, I can understand that. We'll 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 see. Uh, he'll be the judge of that uh, moving forward here. Mm. Uh, but 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 first, we have to find out what's trending now. Right, of course. So this week, uh, actually, no, last week, the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian came out. And speaking of Mac, he and your buddy Billy D from yes. PCP, the the uh, podcast of controversy or whatever, official podcast of controversy. I, I don't know. I mean, I think we might prove that wrong today. We'll see. But they going after the title. They were upset about how about the first episode and they looked at it as oh it's a side side uh what is it side mission or whatever and they they wasted time you only have eight episodes yeah i understand you only have eight episodes and if you're trying to go and and deliver the child back to his family back to his um you know the jedi or whoever it is then then or species fine whatever like it, they need to do that and it's important but you want some? You don't like. I don't get why you don't want to expand the the uh, Star Wars universe every chance that you get. Why do people find that so frustrating? It, like you get to meet this guy Cobb Vanth, and honestly, I shot Timothy Oliphant in this. I was like, I like him. He's awesome and justified. What? But what is this here? And he's wearing Boba Fett's uh, armor. Why? What? And he's not Boba Fett. So what the, what the hell is this shit? I was worried. And then I come to, come to find out we get this fun episode, quite a bit of action. Uh, you open up and things are getting pretty crazy. I, I enjoyed this, Wes. You don't watch The Mandalorian, right? No, it is, and it's a great way to uh, just ride the fence and watch things happen because <laughs> – well, I've been noticing, I mean, obviously, ever since like the J.J. Abrams Star Wars, like the, the latest uh, trilogy that came out, uh, it, there, you know, you could it doesn't matter which way you think you could think it's bad and there'll be a bunch of people who's going to say it's good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's going to be it's going to be so divisive because it means so much to so many people. It's yeah. just fun to kind of watch the chaos ensue. And, and what I'll say about the Mandalorian is like, you know, you, you mentioned our, our group chat there, uh, uh, Twitter thread, mm -hmm. you know. If I had just watched that, like I would have assumed that like everybody hated it. So it's funny about uh, the the echo chambers uh, that that we live in. So you know, I would have assumed that was like an awful awful episode. Yeah, like Tim Weisberg, you know, former resident guy in the chair who we had on last month to talk about ghost stuff. He enjoyed the episode. I know my brother enjoyed the episode. I, I just I can see why it would frustrate some people, but I I just don't like I, I, the thing is the the whole thing of what does it mean? I, I get that it's important. 
but why can't we just see what the, this entire universe looks like, every, like more and more? And we, other stuff happened too that I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it because, of course, it only, came out, it only came out on Friday. But just people getting frustrated over nothing. But I, you know, I want to ask you a quick question before we move on to the next item. The 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 term to- or yeah the term toxic is overused so much now and, it, and it, it's a little annoying but I think when you're talking about toxic fan bases Star Wars not entirely unfair would you say when we look at all at least nerd culture or dork culture that star the Star Wars fan base is the most toxic uh, it's up there I I tend to go with the DC just because of the Snyder uh, cut cult mm-hmm. thing there like that mm-hmm. that just seems like jumps out at the forefront of my mind when I think about like kind of toxic fan bases and stuff but I, I definitely see if people go uh, want to go the Star Wars route you know that, that's a tough uh, argument to deny yeah okay okay all right so what now I I, I think that it, I think it's the worst I honestly do Wes. Yeah. I mean, like the the Snyder cut the Snyder cut people absolutely are the app okay they're the worst like subset i guess of dc fans but i don't even know if they're are they true dc fans or are they just snyder fans that's a good question actually i'm not sure about that and even then and even then you could say the snyder fans are the worst of all like nerddom or whatever but it's like they're the at least the worst subset and then star wars as a whole it's just you either hate like you said you either hate it or you love it and it's in in whatever the decisions are and i get it that's not always a bad thing but it just gets it gets tiresome with star wars people it honestly does there's no reason for it that's a good way to describe it. I keep, uh, you know, telling you and and people that I'm going to be watching the Mandalorian, and, and I might get around to season two or go back and watch season one here. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of things coming to uh, you know the streaming services in November here. Uh, yep. Chief among them, Chappelle Show, which is I believe already available in America right now on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get seasons one, two, and I'm not sure if you got three that that lost season there at all, but. Season one and two stands up uh, almost on its entirety of its own. If I don't think I have to talk about it any more than that. Chappelle show. Uh, you also get get Dawson's Creek. Uh, so if you're a big fan of Dawson's Creek, like like Mac is the aforementioned Mac, that's great. Uh, Ocean's <laughs> Heaven is on Netflix uh, also as of this month. Which is, I just went back and watched Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen over the last uh, couple of days. Very fun flicks. Uh, you know how I feel about Ocean's Eight. I think all those movies are just uh, good good romps. You know, yeah, good a, time. Just a good time. And also, if you're you know want your uh, keep your ear to the streets, you got Boys in the Hood, uh, Living One. Also, really? Yeah, November first here. So, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you will you uh, coming to Hulu? This is probably my most rented, uh, you know, VHS tape uh, back when that was a thing. Uh, Three Ninjas also was available on Hulu. You have the Born trilogies. I'm not talking about my hometown. I'm talking about the uh, you know Matt Damon flicks. Uh, also, and Rick and Morty season four uh, now available. So they used to have the first three seasons. Now the fourth season's added on Hulu. Oh. Uh, and, and you got uh, the Water Boy, really? Uh, Adam Sandler film. We all love Adam Sandler. I may have to get Hulu, especially if if Nesson's still on there too, because Nesson's not on YouTube TV anymore. I don't know how long that's going to last, but yeah, I, I I haven't watched. I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched Water Boy. I feel like that's such an underrated Adam Sandler film, but I haven't re- watched any of Rick and Morty. I don't know if I've ever seen Three Ninjas, Wes. I know that's the second. Like oh, story. it's good. I mean, I'm not sure how much it holds up. It's been a really long time since I watched it, but like like I said, every weekend, and I think I, it would be like a battle between all the neighborhood like, kids my age. Uh, trying to get like the the two VHSs that were available at the, like the local uh, home video store. Oh, okay, well I'm glad that that one doesn't frustrate you as much because I know this will. I've never watched a full episode of the Chappelle Show. Oh really? Well, okay. Well, I, I can understand that. I'm, that won't upset me. I think uh, now you have plenty of opportunities to give it a try. Yes. Um, 
and, and I think it's great. I, I still think it holds up in, in a lot of ways. So how does that not? Wow. Okay. I mean, that's your oh, guy. Right. Yeah. I, it doesn't surprise me when you don't watch things anymore, Nick. That's uh, uh, that's, that's what it's come down to. Uh, Nothing uh, surprises me. Oh, okay. okay. In fact, it, it surprises me more the things that you do watch. Your your Transylvanias, your according to Jim's, uh, you know, those sort of things. <laughs> You're gonna just lean on that forever, according to Jim. I will. And, and I will. Castlevania. Castlevania. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I still I still gotta watch uh, the the Blood of Zeus. I think is what it's called, which from mm. people who made Castlevania. But anyways, um, speaking of new releases. What's this one that you that you found? Uh, is this like a random movie that I that people have heard of, or is this Ben Soundboard? Yeah. So this this just this trailer was released last week, uh, and it took uh, social media ablaze. So I'm surprised you hadn't seen it or so I mentioned. Too. Yeah. Uh, because everybody uh, doesn't want this movie. This is the um, oh. Michael Bay produced uh, COVID not 19 COVID 23 mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet post-apocalyptic dystopian future uh story okay that's, that's, that's kind of what it is so uh this movie is starring your uh alexander daddario's your your kj appas your jenna ortegas your demi moore's <laughs> i don't understand okay i don't understand why people are, don't want to see this I didn't know that. I'm, I'm, I'm already living this out, and this like this. Okay, so just to give you a little bit of backstories, the the movie was announced in May 2020, so we're already in the middle of uh, the quarantine and the COVID 19 pandemic. Uh, then June 20 uh, 2020, the cast was announced, uh, and they were remotely trained and prepped for shooting, which then took place in LA from July to August, with like a shutdown in between there. Uh, so this this all came together very fast, and it feels like they're just. You know, taking everyone's anxiety and uh, uncertainty about what the future may hold, especially considering, you know, if you're in Massachusetts like you and I are, uh, we suddenly have to wear a mask uh, anywhere, uh, right. regardless of who's around us. If I, I could be out uh, in the middle of the state forest uh, trying to cr track down some paranormal activities, some redheaded hitchhikers, and I still have to wear a mask. Because you have to protect the, the Thunderbirds and the Bridgewater Triangle. Don't bring up the red. Like, seriously, you can bring up paranormal activities, and I'm not going to think of Redhead Hitchhiker. I don't, I legitimately, like that. Okay. Anyway, so it just, it, it feels like it's uh, one, like a little too on the nose, a phrase that we like to use here. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a little on the nose, but I think it's a great idea. I honestly do, because it's talking about the evolution why, of the virus. And why do you have to watch it? It's happening before our eyes. I don't Not know, like this. Over the top Michael Bay produced film with CGI and explosions and a deep color palette to uh, tell me the story of Romeo and Juliet. I 1000% want to see this. I this will. I it feels like it was like thought up in like, you know, like a Mad Libs think tank. It's like Romeo and Juliet comes up in an algorithm. COVID-19 comes up. Panic. Uh, Alexander Dario is, is great to look at. Okay, let's throw her in there. Uh, what, what's a random actress who we haven't really heard of in some time? Demi Moore. Great. Bam. And it's like, you know, mix it all together and come up with a script. So you're not going to see this? Uh, I wouldn't pay for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I would. I would. I'll give it a shot. I think I think it's you know it's you can say it's it's too on the nose and it's pulling from it's pulling from real life, of course, but it's no one's done it yet. So why not see? Like just it's just taking the story and then just furthering it down the line, maybe five, ten years or whatever, just a slight little twist. I don't hate that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no original ideas in Hollywood anymore. Yeah, you know, further evidence on that. That's true. Well, if you want original ideas, Wes, then you mm -hmm. should read read more comics. 
because oh. that's that's where you get any original idea that they now start there and then they turn it into a movie. But before we talk about the comic book minute, I think no, 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 you can keep that up. But we're you know we got to remind everybody about T Public, and for a while now we have been teasing new you know new logos new shirt designs and i keep forgetting that you know we gotta like oh, i'm sorry i have it but i keep forgetting to go and pull this down um so we can show it to the people but we have some new logos and we want to unveil one yeah for the masses but i i keep uh, i apologize that i didn't um, well it's, it's timely that we bring this up because again we're getting back to our roots with our, our debate format here with our original versus sequel uh, main topic focus of Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame uh, this week. So we thought it would be appropriate to unveil it this week. Uh, we're again, uh, we're getting back to our roots here, people. Baby okay. Groot. Yeah, it, it, Baby Groot. Yeah, exactly. All right, let me see if I can, my uh, my computer's being uh, rather uh, frustrating right now. Uh, okay. Are you conserving power uh, in the meantime uh, in your household right now? Why would I be conserving power? It looks rather dark. You know what, Wes? When very I was ominous, like you have like the dark, like Batman eye, like eye shadow going on. Um, you know what? I've been noticed. I noticed when I was getting ready that if I had it, I felt like if I had it too bright, you couldn't see my eyes as much. And then some people say that my eyes are most my most uh, redeeming quality. So I can't I, see your eyes at all. They just look all black and so oh, no. <laughs> a little bit better now. Okay, you're good. Yeah. Black and so <laughs> okay, that's a first. Uh, all right, let's see if I can get this thing going. Um. But jeez, uh, this, is, this is so frustrating. You know what? Let me tell you guys a little bit about what the comics that we have come out this week, and then I will show you the uh, the yeah. new logo designs that we're going to be releasing to the masses. So uh, for DC Comics this week, we have Deceased Dead Planet Issue 5. I will be reading that. We also are going to have uh, Hellblazer Rise and Fall Issue 2, which I did read that already, and I saw some stuff circulating regarding that over on Twitter today, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it, but it's definitely a great story going on right now. Um, Black Label, Tom Taylor's writing that. We also have Tales from the Dark Multiverse. We haven't gotten any of these yet, so I'm very excited because we're also starting off with Hush in all of this, too. I'm not certain what he's okay. going to do with, with Batman, but anytime you're bringing in Hush into the mix, I'm, I'm all for that. Marvel finally has something besides Deadpool that I want to read. So this is Wolverine, colon, black, white, and blood. So I don't know what's going on there. I didn't look into the synopsis. I don't really want to know. I just I, It's Wolverine. It's a it's a new series. It's probably a miniseries. So just give me something. I want some X-Men comment. I is, it, is it in black and white? Uh, the cover is at least with, okay. I think, with red with blood on it. So I like that. Okay. I also like this other one that you got here, US Agent. This seems like it could be a uh, a preview to Falcon and the Winter Soldier cuz I believe he's supposed to be a character. Yeah, so that's another one too. It's so Marvel's been pretty meh for me for a while, but now you're bringing in US Agent who we've we've heard tease for Falcon and Winter Soldier. So this might be something you guys want to pick up. Of course, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series is ongoing. I think they're four issues deep right now. I'm not certain how long that's gonna go, but I wasn't able to get in on that in the jump. So I'll probably go back and look at trades. Maybe I'll look at US Agent. We'll see. Um also uh, just a couple other ones to note Mighty Morphin One. So this is a new Power Ranger series that's coming. I don't know I don't know what's going on there. I'll talk about it on TLDR with Doc this week, but I'm definitely going to read that. Also, uh, I really enjoyed the first issue of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, colon, Song of Glory. The second issue of that comes out this week, so you guys may want to look out for that. But, of course, uh, we'll be talking more about comics over on TLDR later this week, as we always do. I already have my book um, picked out, and if you guys follow me on Twitter, then you may have an idea of what I'm talking about because there was some reaction. And – 
Oh, for the look at that. We want to see what our new logos are. Our new, the new logos we're unveiling are going to look like. You Beautiful. can check out our stream if you listen to us on the audio channel. But these are actually Wes's baby. Change my mind. Debate club crests. Uh, it's beautiful. You know, it, get, it gets back again to our roots here to, to, to keep – that's the, the, the theme of the episode here today. I don't know how many times I can hammer that home. But, you know, you have your, your Slytherin colors. Uh, you have our main logo colors. We have our Gryffindor colors. You know, kind of Ivy League-esque, if you will. For, you mm -hmm. know, maybe we can think of some more uh, as time goes on. Maybe we got a, a Yale because, you know, the green is kind of like a Dartmouth vibe. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the crimson and gold kind of has like a Harvard or BC type of vibe. You know, so the, the whole idea was to uh, kind of, you know, tap into some Ivy League, uh, you know, debate club style logos here. Yeah, uh, well, something, yeah. Something for the people. To me, I mean, when you you when you were trying to figure out the, the different color schemes for it, of course, we have the natural one, which is our colors with uh, with black mixed in. But when we saw when we thought like, OK, uh, you said Gryffindor and Slytherin. Boom. Right away. Totally makes sense because we have so many Harry Potter fans out there. And if you guys haven't listened, we had the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings debate way back. Yeah. Couldn't mix in Lord of the Rings and all this, unfortunately. But I mean, when I think I mean, do they have like a, like a real color scheme crest, though, that's like prevalent. Exactly. So that's the problem here. But when I think crests, Harry Potter, a thousand percent. Yeah. Or Game of Thrones, you know, something along those lines. But, you know, the, the Harry Potter Hogwarts school debate club like that. Exactly. Kinda... Exactly. So when we're talking debate club, that's why uh, Thrones doesn't necessarily come to mind here. Th Harry Potter, a thousand percent. It was a great call by you. Very excited for those. Those will be out on Tuesday, the day the episode drops over on T Public, And uh, we'll be making sure you guys can see all those and be pushing them, especially when we have sales. I know one just ended, but we'll be letting you guys know when those come up. But well, it's uh, Black Friday. It's going to be coming up soon, you know? Yeah, we know it's coming up right now, Wes. It's time for us to talk about our debate, actually. Uh, original versus sequel, Avengers Infinity War versus Avengers Endgame. Which one is better, Wes? Which side are you taking today? Yes, so I will be in the corner of Avengers Infinity War. Now, this may come as a, a little bit of a shock to you because I am typically – a little bit of a shock to myself, to be honest with you, because really? I'm typically a sequel guy. I usually think the sequel's better. It takes less uh, build-up. Uh, less time to start up to tell the backstory of things here. But in this case, uh, as we'll get into in our opening arguments in a few seconds, I think the backstory of one particular character uh, really pushes this movie over uh, Avengers Endgame here for me. Well, actually, if you if you look, I didn't even think of that. If you look back at our two previous uh, original versus sequels, which so far we've done Spider-Man versus Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire versions. We've also done uh, the Mighty Ducks in D2. Yep. You took the sequel in both instances there. I did. I sure did here. And now I think the difference is, although, like I just mentioned, you do get the backstory and origin story of uh, one particular character. You know, these movies are both essentially sequels, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like we kind of teased from the top of the show. So, again, so it, it jumps right into it. It wastes very little time, very little uh, fat on this meat here, if you will. Um, it gets right to right, right to the good stuff, uh, hmm. right from the opening act in both cases. Okay, so is that is that your opening argument then? No, no, that was just a little bit of a teaser, a primer, an amuse bouge, if you will. Okay, well, uh, I'll get I'll get right into my opening argument then please. for Endgame. Look, we could just I could, honestly, I think this this whole point buries the argument right here. When you watch after you watch Endgame, it's unnecessary to rewatch Infinity War. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I still think it's a great movie. I still, I still enjoy it. But when we're talking about you know one versus the other, 
it's head and shoulders endgame. It's not even close because now we've gotten resolution. We have a night. We already we go into endgame knowing what happened, and they kind of catch us up to speed on what's going on, where they are in the timeline. Then they gotta go after Thanos, and they gotta figure that out. And then they they unbelievably they just they give you what you want right away. Thanos dead, but then it's like, well, wait a second. What the hell else is going on? I am I so I have not Wes rewatched Infinity War until we agreed that we were going to do this. I had not seen that movie since really? since Endgame came out. I apologize. Since Endgame came out. Before that, of course, I'd watched it because you know you want to get ready for Endgame and all that stuff. And it's it's a good movie, but it's just it's not the same as Endgame. And this is my highest ranked movie of all the movies we've ever uh, given a grade to on uh, Change My Mind. Also, you know, we get a we get a great story. We get a ton of characters action and we get and it's all at a serious cost too i understand you get stuff back that you want but you lose some pretty important people along the way and it's re-watching this i my emotions like i got hit harder than i had when i first saw this now i i've seen it since then but you know you like i don't typically rewatch things in their entirety unless i'm watching it with somebody else and just in general i don't do that i want to go back and watch the action a lot of times especially with this movie the fa- the final battle is outstanding so um you know and then also wes I-, I know it's more we're talking about what goes on the screen but this is 10 years in the making 21 movies prior to this and they brought it all together so i just i i thought it was like, amazingly i don't think you can put it any other way so when, when you say 21 movies, 10 years in the making, I, I think that argument is specifically and solely for Infinity War. And, and that the years following, because is, is, uh, everything after Infinity War is uh, the Endgame's purpose, right? So like Infinity War sets up Endgame. The first 10 years sets up Infinity War. That's kind of mindset, my set on it. But I will say what I will concede right off the top to you uh, and will be one of the few things. Uh, before I get into my opening argument here, is that what you have working in your favor is the finality of it. Um, and I think that's that you get resolutions to stories. Um, everything kind of gets wrapped up. And I think that uh, is a huge feather in your cap for, for Avengers Endgame and your argument there. But what mm-hmm. I think Infinity War really has, uh, at least on that first uh, first view, and you mentioned the rewatchability, uh, and Avengers Endgame may be higher than that. But the first time through, that first theater viewing of Infinity War, uh, there's no greater you know cliffhanger. You get that moment. There, you get a lot of satisfaction that you do get in Endgame, but you get the uh, the the uh, first view of the Infinity Gauntlet. You get the Thanos snap. Uh, you get the the individual usages of you know the infinity stones at different points out you know throughout the uh throughout the movie you know i'm mm. thinking of the scene with the collector um you know like for, first and foremost uh, with guardians of the galaxy that's such a right. great scene and, and usage of you know the uh the different individual uh infinity stones you get deaths right out of the beginning you know loki dies right off the start i know he comes back in a different form but that's really in the past right mm-hmm. so, so loki's dead and, and then you later get vision so say what you will about that uh, but, you know, also on top of that, you have the added, added bonus of everyone lost in the snap. Now, you realized after the fact that, that the stakes may not be kind of high and that that may be cheapened a little bit. I get that from the rewatchability standpoint. But the night of the first viewing, you know, those are very high stakes, losing half of the Avengers, half of the world mm-hmm. on that snap. Um, and I think this does a better job of, of sharing the screen and getting everybody involved in an equal amount of time. I think. Uh, where, where Avengers Endgame falls a little bit short, it spends a little bit too much time with the original Avengers because that ends up being 
you know, their final scene in so many ways, their final act uh, on there. So I think this does a better job with that vignette style of kind of passing everything up. Uh, and, and they had a bigger group of uh, characters to work with because they weren't all snapped beforehand. So I thought the Russos had a, a difficult job and navigated that very well. Well, I think when the, when you're talking about your movie, that's a Thanos movie too. It's been pretty well established. Oh. It's a Thanos movie, so all the people, all the Avengers that he has to deal with along the way in his his company, I guess we're talking about. Um, oh my God, Proxima Midnight and, and Corvus Glaive. What's what's this? Group? Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, the Black wow. Order. The Black Order. Thank you, God. I can remember their names. I can't. Remember. Okay. So, anyways, they're all fighting the Avengers along with. So you get little bits and pieces of them. And sure, there are some there are some good moments in there. But I want I want to see my heroes. I want to see my heroes go to work and figure out things and go through all this different stuff. And and we get that in Endgame too. But I, I don't want to you know get stuck on the on, on the opening arguments because it's just, there's so much that goes on. And, and but I will say satisfaction is not something I got walking out of, like it was a, it was a good movie and it was a crazy experience and it left me wanting more, but satisfaction is not what I would say, a word I would use to describe um, infinity well, war over. It's the right. It's the cliffhanger, but I do think there are some satisfying moments, right? I think uh, even, even keep will look back to this as a, as a spoiler, if you will, uh, going back to why uh, uncle buck was exiled from the hashtag dork share Gooniverse, Right saying that he saw the Infinity Gauntlet on Thanos' hand in real action, you know, in real live action for the first time. Like, that that's a very satisfying moment, you know? Uh, uh, I, I, the, the scene where uh, Thor comes down and storms on Wakanda in the, in the Battle of Wakanda, like, Amazing those moment. are very satisfying moments. But I, I agree with what you're saying. The yeah. idea that the movie was left on a cliffhanger is, is uh, you know, inherently going to be leave an unsatisfying taste in your mouth because you want more. Exactly. Exactly. In, in this movie is the most one of the most satisfying films you'll ever see, especially because it has so many years, so many things to pay off on, and that's something that we'll we'll talk about a little bit later on. But first, better storyline, um, and of course, there's there's some sub storylines. But even then, Wes, I look at these two movies, and it's like it's it's kind of a, we're along, we're dealing with the same thing. You know, you you're. Uh, I'll let you make your argument, but for me, it's they're doing everything to get everyone back, whatever it takes. You had this whole campaign, and everybody. I mean, you say if you say whatever it takes right now, everybody knows you're talking about Endgame. I mean, that's it's just going to stick with people for a long time, and our generation will probably stick with them. Yeah, I would say I would say forever. And of you're course, breaking out the hashtags already. Absolutely, and then and then <laughs> of course you get Th Thanos brought into all this. Just when you thought, oh, Thanos is gone, where it's like he's the he was a sub story and all this. You wanted to kill him. And you want to get the stones back? He's gone, so it's just getting the stones back. And then we find out, nope, Thanos is still going to be a problem. And I thought they they brought him into the mix so fluidly when it seemed like there's no way, like who's going to be our big bad? Who's going to be our villain? It's just a time heist movie. No, Thanos is back, and he's frigging crazier than ever. He's crazier than ever, but I think what works so well is again that this is a Thanos uh, for Avengers: Infinity War. I should say uh, is that this is a a Thanos uh, origin story, so you understand where he's going with this. Is mm -hmm. uh, who, who's the Dork that's, Universe? Is that's, uh, that's Goo. That's definitely Goo. That's not. That's not. It's either him or Doc, and it's definitely Goo. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's fair enough. Uh, but okay, so, you know, it, it's the Thanos origin story in there, uh, and you, t you understand his motives. Uh, he is a uh, I'll get into this a little bit later. I don't want to get too much into it because that's another question that we have. But it, mm -hmm. I think that's the main storyline. But what you get underneath, I think, is is uh, is very great. You get you know Hulk losing his Hulkness and having to figure out, and and then eventually 
uh, morphing and becoming one with Bruce Banner, and then you get the Professor Hulk sort of thing. Uh, also, the reintroduction of the, the Hulk bolster, Buster, which is a nice callback to Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You get Thor losing everything in his life and then getting Storm uh, Stormbreaker. And again, we'll get into this a little bit more with character depiction. But That's where um, I kind of saved these arguments for, but continue. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy interacting with Thor. Uh, you know, you get the Iron Man, Spider-Man, father-son relationship, which I thought was great and great uh, character building off of, you know, Homecoming that goes on further and Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. and Homecoming rather than, oh, far from home, I should say. I'm confusing myself there. Uh, you get the, the Nomad Captain America storyline, which is a nice little nod there. Kind of like that secret Avengers thing. Right. Uh, and, then, and then the Iron Man Thanos fight. So I think those are some of the best storylines in the Iron Man Thanos uh, kind of head to head battle. Um, and, and how similar and different that they are. I think we've even discussed this a couple of times back in our uh, Captain Captain America versus Iron Man early back in the archives. Yes, yes, way back. But th- I think our most popular episode ever was is Cap, which who's the the protagonist, the pr- the, the main protagonist of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I obviously argued on the side of Captain America and all. But you know what? One thing as a, as a quick aside, but as we move into uh, character depiction, this all reaffirmed for me that my favorite character in the MCU is one thousand percent Rocket. It used to be Winter Soldier, but once he went, like once he turned into soft, yeah, it's like like soft Bucky. Come on, dude, you are a freaking badass. Winter Soldier is one of the best villains that we see in the MCU. I get he's he's Cap, you know, flipped over and brainwashed, but he's one of the best villains. Yeah, and then he just goes soft for the the rest of the way. And I get it; he went through a lot, and it's rough. And he basically went through the same shit Steve went through, where he's like waking up, and it's like you know, 60 years later or 70 years later. It, but at the same time, like he, he was dealing through shit and he was, his brain was a mess and doing awful things. But I don't know. I just would like it if he was a badass in, in some capacity. So he's, he's really not in all this, but um, you know, Bucky, a character who obviously we don't see a lot in my movie. So he's not somebody that we you know get the depiction of or a huge picture, but Iron Man, of course, is the most, is one of the most important characters in all of this. Um, and for him, this com- this is completes his character character arc from the entire MCU West. I mean, that is for for him. You, the most important movies for Iron Man are Iron Man, the original movie, and this one a thousand percent because he goes in, he gets he finally gets his peace. He finally he said it right when he rejoined the Avengers. All I want is peace. Like that's that became his mission in Iron Man, and then you get to hear. And he finally gets peace. He finally stops. He exercises the demon that has been plaguing him since the Avengers. I don't know what more you can ask for. So, I mean, in, in just the, the snap, you see, you, you pay off on something from the comics too, which we'll get into more later. But you see Tony Stark possessing the Infinity Gauntlet. And um, he has one of the, the, the moments you're, you're going to remember forever in cinema history. Yeah, the, the memorability of Iron Man and Avengers Endgame is uh, is really tough to combat, especially as someone who is such a big Iron Man fan. It's tough to make the argument um, for uh, Iron Man and, and Avengers Affinity War. What I do say is he's, uh, he's uh, on a much smaller scale. His priorities here are very small. He's very family-focused. He just wants to get married. He thinks he's out of the game, right? He's very mild-mannered. I think you get the introduction of the athleisure era of uh, Iron Man, which I really appreciate. That's a good look for him. Uh, but you also get the new uh, Mach 50 nanotech suit in Avengers Infinity War. So, so you know, I think that's, um, you know, better depiction. I think that's probably the best uh, suit to date, you know, or to that point. 
uh, that he had had. So I, I, you know, I think that's definitely uh, something that's memorable and gets only, you know, obviously built upon because it's the same relative time frame. Okay. So best suit in terms of performance or best suit in terms of looks? Uh, I would say both. Of course, performance. I mean, that's no, that's Do you like a bulkier suit. I just, I don't, you know what? I just don't, I, there's something about his, his uh, infinity war end game suit that just didn't do it for me in the same capacity. I don't know. Maybe too much gold, not enough red. That might've been what it was, but I like his earlier stuff more. See, I, I like, I didn't like the iron spider suit. I thought that was cool uh, upon first viewing in, in infinity war, but looking back, that is so f- not what Spider-Man is. Uh, or what I seem to be, and definitely not what he is at that point in time in the MCU. Need um, that. Need it there, though. Yeah. What's that? Need it here. Absolutely need it. Uh, well, when you take him to space, of course. But and again, like that's that's a character that I can't really argue with you on because he's not in the be- better part of uh, you know Avengers Endgame. The same could be said for you know Doctor Strange, who plays such a huge role as probably one of the MVPs in Infinity Game or <laughs> Infinity War, uh, but he's like not really involved in Endgame all that much. <laughs> I like that Infinity, Infinity Game. Game. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this episode should be called. Yeah. yeah, but that's you know, Wes, when you when we talk about the depiction of characters on the whole, yours may have you know some of the characters may have hits or they maybe don't have as they or maybe they just were kind of quiet. They don't have as many memorable moments because they're just not on screen as much. They're not allowed to go through quite as much. Mine, especially with the original Avengers, you get to see a lot of that, and and and, and that brings me to Captain America too. I mean, he's he is the heart and continues to be what pushes everybody through all of this. He you absolutely you need him, and then and we get the hammer moment too. You know, he finally he picks up Mjolnir and everything. But honestly, Wes, where we've we've argued about how those two characters are so important to this movie, and of course to the MCU and everything, and they're the the main characters and all of it. But to me. One thing that stands out about this movie so much that I, I upon rewatch, and we'll do a rewatch episode of this, you know, down the line. It's not going to be for a while, I'm sure. But watching him, uh, uh, sorry, Ronan and Black Widow in their final moments together, just like I don't, I, I just maybe it's just because it's been a little bit since I had rewatched this. But man, I was like, I was getting teary eyed, knowing it was going to happen, seeing them go back and forth, and you don't get any, like you don't get that with these two in your movie, like your, like with your movie. Yeah. There's a lot of death and it's, but it's all like, Oh shit. Like what the fuck just happened with, with me? It's like, these are emotional moments and in these deaths too, we know shit's real. Like it's no matter what you're done. There's no, like, that's something that's so important too with like infinity war. We looked at it and it's like, Oh, we'll get characters back. Some people come back. Maybe not Loki, maybe not Gamora, but we'll get the dust characters back. You have to get them back. With the characters that die here, it's like, you know they're not coming back. So I will give you, I, I almost have to concede the majority of the original Avengers to you. Because I think uh, Ronan, I mean, you never see uh, Clint, you know, better at any point in time, right? As Ronan, right? right? And you get the great uh, story arc and kind of leadership role, um, unwanted here leadership role from Black Widow, which I think is great as well. Uh, Captain America, like you said, the Molnir finally becoming worthy thing. Like, that's very tough. Although I do love the Nomad nod. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Wakanda gauntlets that he has. Um, although that scene where he's kind of holding both hands up of, of Thanos, like, mm-hmm. and, and kind of like that, that's a pretty iconic scene, memeable scene. I think, you know, you see that a lot as a, <laughs> as a meme. Um, but what I will, I will debate you on is Thor. I think, I think Thor in Avengers Infinity War um, is, a, is a far better depiction. One, just because he's uh, in shape. But he's also in control of his emotions more. You can tell that he's, uh, you know, very 
uh, hard-headed, but you can still feel the pain of losing, you know, his world, his family, uh, everything else that he has left. And you kind of feel that vengeance where he's just, uh, in, in Endgame, I feel like he's giving into it clearly uh, by, by taking off the head of Thanos and then uh, kind of falling into a depression after that uh, and, and letting himself go. Though I love the kind of God of Thunder type of thing with like, you know, the uh, braided beard and like, you know, wielding Molnir and Stormbreaker at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I think you, you got you first get like God power, like OP'd um, uh, Thor at that Battle of Wakanda that I mentioned there. You know, he comes so close to killing Thanos, should have right. gone for the head. Uh, you know, he's trying to drive in like the, the the axe blade right into the heart like that. You can almost kind of feel it in that scene. It's like so close. Um, you know now, I, I, I think Thor is like at his peak at that point. One thing about Thor, and, and this is honestly, I love both movies, and this is one of those things that we like at the this like a tiny problem, but I and I think it's not so much like an issue that I have with the story, it's just more the direction of it, I guess, or whatever. But when you look at both movies where Thor is pushing Stormbreaker through Thanos, and then Thanos is, in my movie where Thanos is pushing Stormbreaker trying to through Thor, there's way too much movement. On in both instances, like Thor's, like Stormbreaker, the based on how much Thor pushed it through Thanos, that should have been popping out of his spine. Whereas in in um, in, in Endgame, like we see it cut through Thor's chest, and then it's just and it starts digging in. Like there's no way it didn't cut Thor and all that. So that was just a little thing that bugged me, and it's always yeah a little bit but it's not not important enough that it's gonna that i would take points off of it in my grading to be perfectly honest it looks kind of like a blunt blade uh you know it doesn't look like the, the sharpest of blades there stormbreaker I, I guess not but anyways but to, but back to what we were saying with with thor i feel like with your character with you with your thor you're, he's just in denial the entire time and he's like i i i, I get well, you it you don't you're, think he's in denial at uh an end game I think in Endgame, no, he's terrified of what's there, and he, yes, he's okay. He's in denial of. Um, no, I think he's wallowing in his self pity, and he's just miserable, and he's sad, and he knows how much of a fuck up he is, and he's depressed. That's what I mean. Like I, maybe I'm. Uh, I feel like he is. Like you said, he's fed into his depression, whereas before he's trying to power through and just ignore it in your in uh, in Infinity War. Well, like he was trying to fix it. He's there was no hope in Endgame. He's trying to fix it. I think he's just trying to bring, like, do something good to maybe quiet the noise. But then afterwards, he was still going to be sad. He was still going to, like, he's still dealing with all this loss, losing his mom and everybody else. He's still, like, there's so much shit there. But if you achieve that, maybe that's a, um, you know, a, a silver lining to it all. Something that gives you a purpose to kind of keep going at that point. But once you've lost that and you've lost, uh, you know, your goal of defeating Thanos, then. That's a that's where you get the give up attitude, right? I think with it, with our Thor, with my Thor, with Fat Thor, we see that Thor's not he's a god. He's a and drunk. He's drunk most he's, of the time, he's man. Not, he's not you a god. You can't tell me that Thor is at his tip-top shape at that point. He's not even okay. sure if he's worthy in Endgame. Of course, but guess what? He still is worthy. He is. We find out. But, but he wasn't sure of that. I want a Thor who's sure of himself. We see a I Thor. I want sure Thor. This character has developed so much. If we have sure Thor, then that that's also going to create other issues in all this too. Because now, like it's this is such an Iron Man in in Captain America heavy movie. If Thor is at his peak too, then I feel like things are a little bit too easy. Because with what Endgame did, well, I'm not saying that he had to be different. I'm just saying I like that one better. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that he should have done oh. something different, you know? Well, I mean, look, if I'm trying to hang out with a certain Thor, then I'm obviously picking Infinity War Thor. And if I'm trying to ha ask one of them to save the universe, I'm picking Infinity War Thor. But I Although think Thor, I, I will say in your defense, Thor in Avengers Endgame, like you get like the Korg and Meek, he's kind of like the rich, uh, the, the rich guy who's like kind of depressed. Is kind of like, you know, you can kind of like, you know, feed off his family's bank account sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just keep them around, like you know, and just appease them. You get free beer, free pizza. Oh wow, that's yes, yes. But I, I think we see a, like he's we've we've known for a while that he's an Asgardian. He is not a god. Humanity believes him to be a god. Obviously, he's much stronger and everything. But we really see he's not a god here. This is the first time we really see that, and that's like that his character developed more than any. Over like over over of all the six Avengers, no one had as much character development as Thor, and we see that here. In I, sorry, no, it's okay. Oh, you're done. Okay, so I, I also think Guardians of the Galaxy uh, also are better represented here because you get you know I think uh, Chris Pratt is classic Chris Pratt in this. Uh, I think the, the interaction between him and Thor mm -hmm. uh, is exactly what you would want out of Star Lord. Again, the interactions between him, uh, Doctor Strange, and uh, an Iron Man. Uh, is fantastic. You know, who do you, who do you serve? What do you expect me to say? Jesus, you know, <laughs> I'm only half a, you know, I'm only half human. So a hundred percent of you is only half of me or whatever. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like, all, oh. The 50% of me, that's stupid. It's all you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think that's all great. And again, you get the Gamora <laughs> stuff, like the Gamora backstory um, and, and her interactions with, uh, with Thanos, which feels like very authentic. Although, you know, with the CGI and stuff, like I'm not sure how much Joss Brolin and them actually interacted and Zoe Saldana. So if it was just like a big green, you know, blob or whatever, um, that's a pretty good job of acting on, on Zoe Saldana's part. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, I think you got him going out there and really as a as a nice uh, shoulder to lean on for Thor as they're going out to not Vormir, but um, uh, nowhere. Oh, right? uh, Is it nowhere? Oh, I forget. Uh, Ed of Lear or whatever the, the star. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, the dead star. Yeah, when he goes out there. Um, so I, I thought that was really nice. And then of course you got Groot offering himself up. You know, um, offering himself up for Stormbreaker. Right. Well, look with Rocket again. My favorite character in the MCU. Again, we're going back and rewatching this. I was blown away at how much this guy has grown when we see him in Endgame, like he's, he's this wisecracking son of a gun who just is all for himself. And absolutely. He's still wisecracking in this, in this movie, but he's like, he has to guide Thor. He has to make sure that he's, he actually, he tries to, and then he fails at, it. he's trying to become a parent. Like he was, we wanted to be a group. He couldn't do it. And then guess what? He has to go figure the shit out, but he's always there. Always trying to like more so than ever before. He's trying to figure out shit as opposed to just being all for him, which is, Again, he's a character who's not as dynamic as the others. Understandably so. He's there mostly for comedic relief and everything, but he has grown in time. So. I, I like it. So how, how about let, uh, the next category here? Best uh, small-scale team-up. Uh, well, all right. This one, I went with you, so War Machine and Nebula was surprisingly good it's not the strongest one of course but it was surprisingly good i didn't see that coming at all i thought oh you're gonna put them together we better see two minutes of this and then get out of here i enjoyed every second of it uh rocket and thor again thought that was good ant-man and iron man was pretty good of course that gives us uh america's ass but for me the best team up because how emotional i got watching this was ronan and black widow i was mm -hmm. stunned by how well they did that and i got i got teary-eyed I, honestly, 
Yeah, no, I think that's again, you know, that's that's obviously one of the main takeaways of uh, Endgame here. I think some of these uh, in a, in Affinity War, you know, again have more fun uh, kind of behind it. The stakes don't necessarily feel as high. You know, I think of uh, Rocket and Winter Soldier. Uh, you know, in the Battle of Wakanda, just kind of flipping around there with uh, two guns and everything, and and, and mm-hmm. Winter Soldier holding them up like that's a really cool team up on a, on a small moment. Oh, um, that's what you meant. Okay. Doctor Strange, Iron Man battling together and kind of seeing that hey, uh, Doctor Strange throw his little mystic stuff out and bouncing like the plasma, uh, the, the repulsor rays from from Iron Man off of there. I thought was really cool, mm-hmm. and, and and throwing in. Um, spider-man as well right magic with a kick uh, magic with a twist and all that stuff and he's kind of bouncing off all the different stuff there uh spider-man iron man again working together guardians of the galaxy and thor we already mentioned i think the best though is you know the initial plan uh against thanos uh on on titan his home planet there we have spider-man iron man doctor strange and the guardians of the galaxy again all working together magic with a twist all this different stuff Mm. trying to get off the infinity gauntlet and to see all those you know uh, different heroes using their like you know special abilities and skill sets in, uh, interwovenly, I think is awesome. Like, that's something uh, that that you know we'll get to in another topic of kind of like best homage to the comics. Like that's like a classic splash page type of scene. Yeah, you know what I I when I was looking at, it, I was thinking more interactions and everything. But we're talking about strictly like like fight scenes and stuff. And any any or I, those yeah. are just what come to mind for me. You know, it's I, kind of open ended. You know what one that has always hit me. I mean, you have when we're ta- again we're talking about. Well, I mean, we'll bring it up again later. But the we see the A team. We see all the female Avengers. That mm-hmm. is for me. That gave me goosebumps right away. Another one that gives me goosebumps oddly enough is when we get. Um, Iron Man and Pepper Potts going back to back. I was, yeah, I, I I don't know why, but whenever I see like the when it was what was it Wolverine the the Origins movie when he, they go back to back him and Sabretooth, I love that. I don't know why they like they say announce it back to back. Like I <laughs> for some reason I always think of that when I see people go back to back now in movies, and it gave me goosebumps when I saw it here. So the, so there's those, and then we have the everybody trying to pass along the gauntlet to each other too. That's another awesome moment. And I mean, does Avengers Assemble count as a as a moment? Like well, that, the the uh, a, a couple things I will okay finish your point. Sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 I was saying. Like, does the Avengers Assemble count as a team up? Well, so that's like a sm- small scale, like that's large, you know, and that that would like undoubtedly take the cake. I think you know, there's no no argument that could be made otherwise against that, right? Mm-hmm. But what what I will say, okay, so you got the Infinity Gauntlet thing, right? And they're all kind of passing it off, direct ripoff of the Amazon the Amazonians in, in Justice League. Um, you know, that was that that definitely happened with the uh box there, trying to keep it away from Steppenwolf, like. You know, and you have like the spider webs getting shot, and it's like the slingshots from the Amazonian woman. You know, like it, it, it's like a little on the nose there. Uh, oh my god! Did you think scene. of that seriously when you're watching it? You think this is oh, this is just like Justice League? You seriously thought that? I'm thinking that now. Yeah, it just, it just came to my head now. But when you're watching it, did you think of that? There's no way. It's uh, oh, come on, West. You- I, I I don't know where my head was at in the moment of the time. You know that this movie came out like so long ago. I can't, I don't know what I was thinking about in the time like that. <laughs> oh you know? my god, you're so. But uh, and I'll I'll also say about the a, the A team stuff. Although it was cool and a, and a great nod to the comics, like, again, did feel a little on the nose. Feel felt a little forced. I love the um, and and it was it was cool, but again, it just felt like a moment like that they were just kind of shoehorning in there. Um, although it was very cool to watch. And that probably falls under our next category more so of iconic moments. And I think that one was is, is one that got a lot of play on social media and it pissed some people off. And 
guess what? I get it. If but if you've read the comics, which these are all that's where they all, all came from. And I get a lot of people watch these movies and like this stuff and didn't necessarily read the comics, haven't necessarily picked up one or haven't read one since they were kids. That's fine. That's cool. But there's gonna be stuff in there for people who like comics. And the eighteen moment is one thousand percent a comic book moment you would see that you absolutely would see that in a book if this was in a book version and i don't it doesn't like that that's why it's never bothered me and i've always enjoyed it. i got it's another moment that gave me goosebumps there's a lot in here but for me i think I, look you have captain america fighting with mjolnir in his hand of course that's an iconic moment um and then the yeah. eighteen is is right there too but i think number one with a bullet without question and, and and of course you have Iron Man with um with the Infinity Gauntlet doing the snap. That's another major moment. But Avengers Assemble is the one that is always going to stick with people. You still get goosebumps if someone posts that on Twitter. I mean, there's a reason why uh, during our MCU rewatch vault, the uh, most rewatchable scene is called the On Your Left Award, right? Uh, for like, be- it was essentially the best moment of of any movie. So that that that's uh, again very tough to argue uh, because you got the On Your Left, you got everyone coming out at the same time. And uh, it's it's the Avengers Assemble, which we, you've been waiting for how many years for? Right, right? but wait a minute. It's not um, it's not a callback to that whole award thing. Had nothing to do with Winter Soldier. I was <laughs> that threw me off there. I had no idea. Okay, you, and you were waiting to get that joke in there. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, just, I'm just blown away. It's not a joke. I'm serious. I had no idea. Okay, all right. Where, well, there we go. I, I, the best that I can throw out there are, are three possible options. Right, it's the Thanos finger snap. Uh, the first one there, right? When he gets it on, I uh, should have gone for the head when Stormbreaker comes down. And, and that evens like Thor at the Battle of Wakanda kind of bleeds into that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, the close second that I would have would be the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, team up against Thanos on, on Titan. Like, I think that's an awesome scene. And then even uh, to a degree, you have uh, the Iron Man one-on-one uh, against Thanos where he did like all that for a drop of blood and Thanos literally like rains a moon down on uh, down on Iron Man there. So I think that's a very cool scene. You're playing with the gravity aspects out of it because the access is thrown off or whatever the case is on Titan. So like that's kind of a cool scene. But again, I I have a tough time making an argument against uh, mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble. Like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I win that one, I think, pretty easily with my eyes closed. One thing yeah. that, that you bring up Thanos a lot, too, and, of course, the, 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 he's such an important character in all this. Um, and I think this is where where you have a strength, most people would say, but I, I can still see myself winning this category, too, better version of Thanos. Yeah, this this is where I feel like uh, you know I I can really make the the brunt of my argument for for this being uh, a better movie than Endgame, and it's you you know a fully realized villain, which again, which is something that the MCU has struggled with, especially uh, in the early goings of it. Um, and this is uh, the definition of a, a fully realized villain, right? From uh, Avengers, the first Avengers, where he was introduced, uh, I think that was one of the teasers uh, right there. I, I could be mistaken about that, but I think it was the Avengers. Yeah, whenever he was first introduced and then slowly teased out over the course of the next, you know, seven or eight years or so, um, what you end up getting is a somewhat merciful, kind of reluctant villain that, that is, again, really fleshed out. You know, he doesn't think negatively of the Avengers. In fact, he respects, um, you know, uh, uh, Tony Stark in a lot of ways and in, uh, others. Uh, but he sees himself carrying out his actions for what he believes to be the greater good. Uh, so he doesn't see them as uh you know he doesn't take like personal offense to him which i think he does uh much so 
uh, in, in Avengers Endgame. And he's actually, in this movie, older and wiser and more calculated. He's, he's much more reserved, which I find always admirable and in a good villain. Um, you know, someone who's just kind of flying off the rails and it's like a loose cannon is great, a la your Jokers. But, um, you know, I think it has to be done the right way. You know, I think that can be definitely become a cheesy, over-the-top sort of thing. But I think a calm, calculated, reserved villain is always kind of a little more scarier. Uh, maybe it goes back to the theme of, uh, you know, the the loudest guy in the room is usually, uh, you know, the uh, you, you know not not the strong, not the smartest guy, not yes. the smartest. Yeah, that sort of thing. Thank you. I felt like George W. Bush. You know, you fool me. You can't fool me again. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you got to watch out for the quiet ones. Is what yeah, saying. yeah, exactly. Uh, but so, and he, and he doesn't know what he's about to accomplish. So that's why he's so, uh, you know. Uh, uh, solid and straight-minded and calculated. Unlike it in Avengers Endgame, where he sees the future or the past and realizes that not only does he accomplish getting uh, the Infinity Stones and doing the snap and living out his, you know, his dream, his plan, but he also died because of it too, which he realizes. So again, gives him a personal vendetta against the Avengers when he really wasn't concerned with them other than the Avengers trying to thwart his plan. So now he has like a, which makes him this more maniacal, mm-hmm. uh, militant type. Where, where I really like uh, Thanos as a, a fully understood, almost sympathetic villain. Okay. And a lot see, more nuance involved. And that's, that is the one of the – like, no, every villain, right, is the hero of their own story. And I think when we see Thanos in Endgame, the 2014 version of Thanos, after he's seen his own, himself get beheaded, which I got to imagine is a very bizarre experience. Yeah. But you, you, we see that Thanos, and he's like, I, I'm a hero. I saved the universe. There are so many people. And you look at it as like, okay, I'd rather have a guy who's, I guess, more relatable. Because there are some people who, like, after in, in Infinity War were, like, on Thanos' side or whatever. Didn't think Thanos was that crazy or, or something along those lines. Which, to me, that's, that's friggin' nuts. Like, you see what yeah, happens. I think you understand his point other than just, like, bad guy is bad. Yeah, I I think that's the point. Well, okay. See, like this is where, but yes, it's not just bad guy is bad. But when he when we get him here, it's not just bad guy is he doesn't just turn into bad guy is bad. He turns into like I did something that was amazing for everybody, and now I'm realizing it's not going to save people. So I'm making an adjustment, and yes, I'm going to enjoy killing you all because of it. I don't respect you like the other one did um, that we saw. You know, who had been seen these Avengers for nine years or whatever, but he still is um he's a little more emotional and and i and i don't hate that like he's like i i lost what i was gonna say right there i apologize um it just helps me keep keep forgetting baby oh son of a gun i hate when i i I think that's what's like you know again is is a fully understood character uh and i think that's what i i I appreciate what most people appreciate there not to say that he's not um in an avengers endgame but I think they spend more time, rightfully so, as more of an origin story, um, you know, kind of making sure that you know where Thanos is coming from. I finally remember what I was going to say. So with with so with Thanos in Infinity War, where you say, yes, absolutely more fleshed out. We get to know him a little bit better because we've only seen little bits and pieces of him along the way. But you he's the only reason that his, like people can see what he's saying is because he sounds so calm when he talks about it all. He is a fucking madman. He wants to kill half 
of the life in all the universe. Okay, you want to talk about a relatable villain? Magneto is a relatable like villain. Like, and you, somebody want to say he's like, kind of an anti-hero or whatever, or an anti-villain? Which yeah, sure, doesn't entirely work. But you get my point. That's fine. Like, I, Magneto, I understand. But this shit that he wants to do, I like population control, like limiting how people, how many kids people can have. That's one thing. But then saying. We're just gonna we're gonna kill half the people that are alive now, so we can control the population. So in your argument, I just want to make sure I understand that when you say population control is one thing, that's you're you're saying you're okay for population control, eugenics, all that stuff. No, what I'm saying is it's one thing. I'm not saying I agree with it. That's what does that thing. mean? It's one thing. <laughs> I'm saying if I you just like hey, okay, if, if you if you over here to the side, if but, there was you know, if, if there was half the population, that's where I draw the line. When I say population control, does that does that not mean you can only have so many kids? Like a couple can only have so many kids? It could mean a, a number of different things. That's what I mean. If someone says you can only have like the, there's a law that says you can only have so many kids, like China, I think has that rule, right? You can only have so many it did kids for a while. I'm not sure. If okay. I'm not saying I agree with that, but that is one thing versus killing everybody that's already alive. Saying you can't create life versus you can't like you're going to end life that's already existing. Those are you can't tell me that's two different things. Well, now I think is a, a good Porsche uh, time in the program to pivot to our uh, Roe versus Wade debate. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, and it's timely too with Amy Coney Barrett and all that stuff too. So if you want to pivot to that. Uh, you know, and what are your thoughts on Planned Parenthood? I think now is a good time uh, to maybe, maybe. And that is a opinions. that's another different argument in all this too. And I'm not even I'm not even going there at all. So I'm saying like we were getting to that route. No, that's not what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with all that. I'm just, I'm saying that you're it's it's different. I'm not saying totally different. Like I'm talking about ending a life that has existed that people have been around for years and then just boom snap of the fingers they're gone or if depending on if you're looking at Gamora's family and how her mom died it's that's another thing too so it's very very different things versus creating a new life and then erasing everything that exists I, I hear you I think I think uh, what we come down to is that I am pro-life and you're pro-choice I'm not going there either, and all that. That's not what I'm saying. I don't you know. I know. No, I know that that, yeah. that was a poor, uh, yeah. poor joke uh, there, but it, it actually does work. The uh, the actual phrase is pro life and pro choice in this argument. Oh, I guess without I guess having the attachments. Of, I, uh, yeah, uh, I guess so. But 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 like you said, that you can people can understand where Thanos was coming from. So you try. Like I get that I misused uh, population control, and it's a much broader term than I realized. But you like you you were on that side, kind of on the side of Thanos. Like I can understand like where he's coming from. I was just saying like it's it's one thing. I'm not even saying I can understand it. That's one thing. You understand his thought process is what I mean. It's not just uh, I want to become I, the biggest and baddest mobster. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I, I want to become uh, the most powerful person. I want to take over my father's company. Um, you know, whatever the case is. You know, it, it, it's like a reason that he feels that is noble, and you get that. Uh, that comes across very clear in the movie. Okay, I, but he's still unhinged in all of this. He's no matter what. He's still he's unhinged. Pretty- he's calculated though, so he's not. Yeah. He's oh, not of unhinged. course. Like he's unhinged in his thinking, but it's very calculated in the steps that he's going to carry it out. A man can't be calculated. Unhinged, more so, acting out of uh, emotion, uh, you know, especially in the end, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the end game. 
When he said that I'm going to enjoy what I'm about to do to your planet, I was like, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Sounds a little bit different than the last panels that we talked to. Shit. And even the depiction, right? When you look at like the toys that were first introduced, uh, Toy Boy over here, yeah. uh, uh, the Avengers Endgame Thanos was a warrior. You know, yes. he had the, the axe and the double bladed sword and the, I the love that. and all that stuff and the full bat. And, uh, you know, Thanos in Affinity War really looked like, you know, like a farmer. Like he had like the chest plate, but it was really like not a whole lot of armor. It was just the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, definitely different. I, I like that we get to see Thanos in action too. That whole battle with the, the MCU's Trinity was, oh, that was so cool. Yeah, that was, was so uh, cool. that was very good. Okay. So what else, what else do we have here? Uh, we got the last one here, right? Yeah, yes. better homage to the comics. Nick, this was your category, so please take it away. Okay, so just to, I'm just gonna rattle off all these different things where you're, you're looking back at. Um, you know, also, I, I want to include in this allusions to uh, earlier things in the MCU as well. Now, first we have the the snap, uh, the Tony Stark snap, and all mm -hmm. this, which is uh, you, you said it going into Endgame. I need to see Tony Stark wearing the infinity gauntlet and yeah, be careful what you ask for west i wanted it but we also saw um it, and i want an allusion back to infinity war we saw captain marvel holding up the gauntlet um as thanos tried to crush her and she you know, takes a headbutt doesn't flinch or anything obviously handles it a little bit better than cap understandably so but we also get the hail hydra from cap which you think secret empire too but of course more so an allusion back to the um the elevator scene in Winter Soldier. The I can do this all day. Of course, that's Cap. We see that all the time. But when we see Cap say it to himself, it's like, all right, this is like, get get out of my face. Yeah, I know. I love that. The old school Ant-Man helmet we see back when in Cap and Tony Stark go back into, was it the 70s? I think they went back there. Um, back to the base. Professor Hulk. Um, what else was there? Uh, As Guardians of the Galaxy's mentioning Ronin. that. Yep, mentioning that is important too. Ronan is, you know, something else with the comics too. But I also, um, go, alluding back to other MCU movies, we have I Am Iron Man, which is huge. We have uh, We're On It Cap from Wasp, which she's been given, uh, you know, Scott shit before. And now it's like the first chance she gets, she calls him Cap. And then to me, a, a little, I got a little chuckle out of this, even rewatching it when Black Panther calls uh, Ronan Clint. It's like, oh, yeah, he, he cared. He paid attention. Yeah, so what, what I thought was pretty cool, and the first one that really comes to mind is is the Winter Soldier White Wolf reference uh, in the Wakanda uh, scene mm. there when he gets his new arm. Uh, you know, that's that's a nice little nod there. Again, the the aforementioned no uh, Nomad Secret Avengers uh, initiative that was kind of going on there as well. Um, what what else am I trying to think of here? Is is there any other good? I'm not uh, helping you homages to the comics here i don't know this is i felt like you got you got more of that in my movie and you got more nods and callbacks to the rest of the mcu in endgame and i think that was one of the greatest strengths and, and something that like really that sticks with you oh and cap will like i talk about it as a great moment but cap willing the hammer too i mean holy shit every like that was something we were talking about we'd heard rumors about back when we were doing the the show at wbsm like that was something we really wanted to see too and of mm -hmm. course the, uh, the A team, right? We see the, the the female Avengers, all that, and Avengers assemble. Like, oh, come on, those are other things too. I'm bringing those up in the moment, but those are nods to the comics too. So that shit was huge. Yeah, you know, I probably could have better done a better job of putting these together here uh, for this one. But uh, what I will say, um, you know, the Avengers Endgame, you know, as a wrap up and a culmination of 22 other movies or whatever the case is, 
the the tie-ins and the references are going to be there, right? I mm -hmm. think that's that's kind of an important of any wrap-up film. I think what Infinity War does well, of course, I'm missing plenty of things that they pay homage to in the comics, but I think Infinity War does a good job of kind of building up um, the story on its own. It doesn't have to necessarily rely on homages or, or callbacks or those sort of things as much to as a final final movie, final chapter mm -hmm. in a series would would require. Well, something else that's important too, and this is kind of more of a miscellaneous item uh, that I that I wanted to bring up is we get Infinity War is setting up for Endgame, but Endgame has to not only wrap everything up, but kind of set the table for what's going to come next. Of course, we see the passing of the torch uh, with Captain America's shield. We're not certain what's going to happen with Iron Man and and all of that exactly, but we we know we're going to get Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we know we're going to get something with Thor and the as in in the Guardians. I was calling the Asgardians, but that I thought that was important. Also, and this is something that I I was so proud of myself that I picked it up initially it, you know, watching it because I know you didn't catch it, and I don't think Dork caught it either. I can't remember if uh, Mac and Goo caught it, but we get slight allusion to namor and and uh and atlantis from right. from okoye very early on in the movie too so they're we're setting the table for what's going to come next in the mcu and, and as much as this movie's focused on wrapping shit up we like we have the table set for four different brands if you take the guardians of the galaxy and separate them from thor too and all this yeah, I like it. I, my last take at uh, Avengers Infinity War, less less opportunity for plot holes when you introduce time travel. Uh, I think you open up the possibility of leaving a lot of plot holes open for that. Um, I think Infinity War, I think you can poke less holes into it, into the story overall. A couple miscellaneous things. Also, we get Korg saying that uh, New Master 69 calls him a dickhead again. I thought that was important. And yeah, sure. uh, also, we get the meme of from you took everything from me, and I don't even know who you are, which I think has been very important throughout this pandemic. We've seen that used, <laughs> used quite a bit. But it's I, true, yeah. when I went back and rewatched this, I listened to Hulk explain the whole um, time travel stuff. It makes a lot more sense after you see it a second time. And then I, I wrote it down. I'm not going to go and, and bore you with it. But one thing that caught that one thing that caught me in all of it, Nebula was like, it's not how it works. When, when, when War Machine is trying to explain it and use Back to the Future and everybody else, Nebula, before Hulk goes into his detailed explanation, she's just like, that's not how it works. I was like, well, wait a minute. So she's like, she just flat out told everybody that's not how it works. It's not just Hulk pulling shit out of nowhere. The hu humans, we don't know. Nebula, who doesn't strike me as stupid, but doesn't strike me as this next level being, like uh, intellectual. Well, she's a robot. She, uh, okay, fine. But she, okay, fine. She, she knows. She, she should fucking know because her society is way more advanced than ours is. Yeah. Boom, right away. It's not how it works. So it's just accept it if you can't understand it. But we're talking about quantum shit. Like it's it's very confusing. You're dealing with all the realities and all that. So it made more sense to me upon rewatching, really trying to focus in on that explanation. Well, and, and you of course have your PhD too, so you can wrap your head around uh, quantum physics like us us uh, plebeians can't. Right? No, you're, 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 you're getting me confused it. with Lucy, who actually has a master's. I think she may be the only one in the DSTU who has a master's. I uh, know. I, I found out that uh, Billy Diaz has master's. Oh, does he? He does. Yeah. Oh, that. You know, that, oh, actually, before we head over to the quarantine corner. Right, we have. Yeah, this is a big week. We're coming back to uh, getting caught up. A lot to get caught up on. Getting caught up with keeping up with the Kardashians. Uh, of course, we have Kim's fortieth uh, birthday. Uh, Chloe and Kanye both admitting that they got COVID. Kanye getting uh, Kim a uh, a hologram of their father, Robert Kardashian, for her birthday. And of course, 
you know, she went viral in her own way. Uh, Kim did, of course, with her uh, viral 40th birthday uh, photos uh, that she shared on Twitter there. So we'll we'll talk to Courtney about that in just a few moments here. Uh, but, uh, of course, getting caught up and keeping up with the Kardashians is brought to you by Poosh. Uh, so let's uh, let's take it away, Wes. I'll be there for you 90% of the time. Do I look fat? Just like 20 pounds overweight. My diamond earring came off in the ocean. Why are you out? I'm really hungry, but I'm not in the mood. That is so embarrassing for your life and your soul. So I gotta be real with you guys. You look like f***ing clowns. Thanks, Wes. Welcome back to another installment of Getting Caught Up with Keeping Up with the Kardashians uh, with special guest Courtney Kardashians. After a week off, we have a whole lot to get to. So let's let's just forget the uh, pleasantries here and, and hop right down to business here. We got relatives with COVID. We got relatives celebrating 40th birthdays. We got relatives coming back in hologram form. You got relatives going on the Joe Rogan podcast who could be elected president. What's it like to be a Kardashian uh, right now in November? Hi, Wesley. Um, hey. It's good to be back here. Um, I would say that things are a little bit more crazy for my family rather than me. I have been staying home, quarantining because my kids, I am um, all about being a mom so my kids are my most important priority besides Poosh. Mm -hmm. So I stayed really, um, I stayed quarantined during the quarantine because I really just think my kids are the most important thing. And, you know, most of the drama is with Kim and Kanye um, and not really around me. So I'm cool. Are, are you voting for Kanye? I will not reveal that because I think that's in poor taste. So nice try, Wesley. But okay, wow. I think you would want to, you know, publicly support a family member. Yeah, I just don't like the vibe of talking about who you're voting for. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Just get out and vote, right? That's that's great. So, yeah. uh, Chloe, on the other hand, you know, uh, has has COVID. Well, yeah. So she had had. It. Yeah, she had it. So in the episode, um, we start out with coronavirus, like really starting to spread. Um, and Chloe got it pretty early on. Um, and she was she beat it. I mean, she said it was tough, but um, she just stayed quarantined in her room because her house is, you know, big enough that other people could be around, you know, within many 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 feet from her and um so she was fine she was good and and then what so what's i know you said you've been uh you know socially distancing and all this sort of thing but uh, you know a whole lot came out recently with your sister uh kim 40th birthday celebration uh holding a private island uh with her 30 of her closest friends and family were you were you on that guest list yeah, of course, because we all got COVID tested before we went. So I really kind of, sorry, but like, I just don't see the big deal. We all got tested for coronavirus before we went. So if we all don't have it, then why do people care if we're coming together to do that? And no offense, Wesley, but if you had the means to 
ship out all your friends to a private island for your birthday, wouldn't you do it? Yeah, I mean, no offense taken. I, I, I'm just, you know, relaying the word. Don't shoot the messenger here. Sorry. I felt like you were getting a little testy there. I understand a lot of people, you know, but as a Kardashian, you get a lot of heat, you know, this is, you got to be able to take it. I just feel like there's like Twitter trolls everywhere that just slam their keys talking shit. And it's like, actually, if you were us, you would be doing the same fucking shit. I'm so sorry to swear, but it's just ridiculous. And she put in um, a disclaimer that everybody didn't have COVID and got tested. So I just don't see the big deal. I don't. Well, uh, other other news that made uh, about Kim's birthday was that Kanye uh, got a hologram of uh, your late father, Robert, as a gift. Did. Was that cool? What did you think of that? Was that, yeah, I'm sure that's a little bit weird, but at the same time, you kind of enjoy it. Yeah, it was strange. I guess I'll just say that. But it was kind of cool. It was just, it was weird, but cool. And, and the thought was there and everybody cried watching it. So it was just a really cool moment. I said, I'm going to switch gears here. Uh, what were you for Halloween? What did the kids dress up as? You know, did you go trick or treating in Calabasas, go to Drake's house? Um, yeah. So I was Elvira. Um, is that her name? Oh, my mm -hmm. God. Yeah, no, you got it right, right in the nail, nail in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and last year I was Ariana Grande. Um, you know, we just we don't really do trick or treating. I mean, before COVID, we never really did it um, because I might I don't give my kids sugar, so mm. they don't eat candy because it's really bad for you and it makes your skin dry. And um, yeah, just sugar is not good. So I. Don't so what do they do on Halloween? What do you do in place of it? Um, they kind of just like run around the house in their costumes while I take pictures of them for social media. Um, oh, and they okay. That. They're fine with it, and you know they don't mind not eating candy. It's just a way of life. Do you give them poosh non-GMO granola bars? Yeah, anything poosh approved, of course, they're gonna get it. Okay. You know, I'm not crazy. I give them like granola and honey or like fresh raspberries so they get their sweets that way. And I like that. Fine with that. Yeah. They don't care. They're cool. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely one way uh to, to approach Halloween there. Any anything else you wanted to cover uh on on episode six, keeping up with the Kardashians? Um, they do reveal that at the end of the episode. Um, there's a teaser that Kanye also has COVID. Well, he had it. He did have it. Yeah, he announced that on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, that he was on pretty recently. Oh, good. So he um, adhered to the NDA that he signed before the episode. So that's good news. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll have to see what happens with that on the details next week. Now, was Kanye at that, that island? Yeah, I posted a picture with him. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't see him out there. Okay. Well. Well, Courtney, thank you very much. Uh, you, you have one more plug for Poosh out there for the the people of Poosh, the proud sponsor. Yeah. Go follow us. Go subscribe to our newsletter. I'm sharing wellness tips every day on my story. Um, just figure out how to push yourself to your best life. Push it to the limit, right? Push it. 
I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. We'll end it on that note. Back to you, Wes. So I got to be real with you guys. You look like f-ing clowns. Thank you very much for that. I thought that was very informative. Uh, nice to have nice to have Courtney back. I'm so glad she was willing to gracious with her presence again after that that week off. I was I was nervous. I knew we had talked to her about it because we were doing a rewatch, which we had Rossi on for, and that takes right. a little while. So it's like eh, I don't, I just didn't know how that was going to sit with her. So thank you, Courtney. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, she did great. Great job. All right, so that brings us to the quarantine corner. I just have something quick question before I – I'm excited to hear about your uh, what you got planned for us, but I know that uh, November is a big month for Davey of Hashtag Dork. He does his November uh, thing where he grows mustache. I'm going to continue growing my beard throughout all this, and Doc, I know, is getting involved with that too and trying to help out with the campaign. So go check that out. I know Davey's tweeted some stuff out, and I, I think we've retweeted it from our account. So yep. just, you know – Go and help out. It's obviously for a great cause. I think it's – is it testicular cancer? Is that what November is about? Or I, I believe so. I, I think it could be about a, a number of things. I believe Davey is doing it for uh, men's mental health awareness. I believe. Oh. I, okay. I, I could be mistaken about that, but uh, so don't quote me. But I believe that's that's what it's in regards to. Uh, I how it cannot grow facial hair very well. Right. Uh, but I, I might give it a try, you know, oh. give it a, get, a, get an old soup strainer going. Why not? Oh, why not? I like that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It'd be really interesting to see who grows a better mustache, you or Matt, because I know he can't grow one. Yeah. See, like, I, I, it just gets to a point where it just looks like my upper lip is dirty. Like, it doesn't, like, fill in. Oh, uh, well, I, I do kind of want to see that. Speaking of Mac, by the way, who we've brought up a million times, he big leagued you and Billy. He totally could have hung out with you guys on Saturday and just nothing. Yeah, yeah, he could have. So uh, Billy and I had a nice little Boston date over some pizza in, in Fort Point, a uh, nice, nice little uh, pastoral uh, outing there. And ironically, he met up uh, – there was a girl there who he hooked up with. I don't know if that's ironic or not, just something we come to expect out of the uh, Bachelor Billy D. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, but that I thought that was you know again just kind of living up to his persona there. I thought that was nice. So <laughs> it, it was a good time. We we're, were uh, out with uh, JC of of the JK, uh, you know Josh Canoe of the uh, Jobber Knocker podcast there. So that was nice to follow up on our little golf outing there. And oh, uh, yeah. and Billy's roommate uh, who actually does the music uh, that he's plugged for the intro and, and some of the stuff. So that was pretty cool because I think, I think he's the front man for that group. Uh, so oh, that was cool. Nice. Damn. You but, got the whole crowd there. Yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. It's too bad. Not a, you know, I, I understand it was Halloween and most people are on dad duty and stuff. You're working. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, it was fun to, fun to get out there. Uh, but my other real quarantine uh, corner topic is, is rest in peace to a real one. Kind of uh, friendlies is going bankrupt. This is not the first time they've done that. They just sold, for 1.9 million, which sounds like chump change, if you, you know, wow. in comparison, because there's still 130 uh, locations that that will remain open. Um, but you know, like, I, it just makes it like, what what are some favorite items that you've had for? Uh, oh my god, I, friendlies. When you when you said, okay, until you said kind of, I was like, is she talking about Sean Connery? Because of course, you know, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Oh right, too. yeah. But uh, man, friendlies, that was I love the the monster mash that they have there. Mm-hmm. The Whatever that like appetizer sampler that they have, I got that a ton there. Did they the have- chicken fingers? The, mo- the the mozzarella sticks are top shelf. Like some of the best mozzarella sticks I've had. I like their quesadillas too. As a kid, I like their quesadillas. Yeah. But mozzarella sticks a thousand percent were a home run. But their ice cream, it's obviously it's. I haven't had that in a while, man. Damn, I gotta have to go to Friendly's now. I think I think they had a. It was like a barbecue cheddar chicken, like fried chicken finger super melt. Uh, so it was like sourdough bread, cheddar cheese, barbecue sauce, and then like chicken fingers. But it's like a honey barbecue. Other, I think maybe it was honey barbecue. Maybe they had. A, I think they had a couple different flavors. 
but those were so good. And again, we're doing a food coma afterwards. The fountain soda was great. Uh, the fountain, great fountain soda there for whatever reason. Mm, that was that's a good call. The super melt. I do remember having that. Uh, damn, I love yeah, their pickles. Frenzies or, or the the uh, blizzard. I don't know what they're uh, the frenzies. They're frenzies. They're yeah. frenzies. Blizzards. I think is Sonic. But uh, either, Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. What's Sonic's blast? That's what it mm -hmm. is. But yeah, I yeah. Damn, friendlies. How? How the hell is Friendly's going away? And then Sonic's like uh, they opened up a Sonic and Somerset recently. Everything by me. I, I think they're all owned by the same company. Like I think I forget the parent company, but they're, they they kind of do this. They buy up all these like fringe uh, type uh, of things. But uh, they're, they're, they're all the Friendly's by me are closed. I think the closest one is in Falmouth to me now, and I'm not sure the last one. But I'm gonna have to go in there soon. Damn. Yeah. I'm gonna. There's one in Dartmouth, and there may be one in. I don't know. The Swansea one might have closed too. Shoot. Damn, that's rough. My mom went to the Swansea one as a kid. And I love yeah. the Dartmouth one. That's COVID, rough. man. COVID times are tough. <sighs> Fucking COVID. Man. What do you got? All right. Uh, no, I just had the, 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 Oh, the Movember. That's it. Yes. I did. I, I was able to, when I watched Endgame, uh, or I'm sorry, when I went back and rewatched Infinity War, well, I watched it with my dad, who it was funny because when we saw that movie, I think I saw that with him in theaters and he, <laughs> He walked out of the theater. And he was pissed. He he hated really? it. He hated the ending. I mean, my dad's obviously a product of a different generation. He's more used to the happy endings and stuff. And obviously, with Infinity War, we're not getting a happy ending. And he was I appreciate that. Huh? He was so frustrated after that movie. And I was like, Dad, this is a great movie. How do you not like? Yeah, it sucks, but we're gonna get another one. Things are gonna turn out kind of okay. So, but he loves it now. Like he he looks back on it. He's like, you know, the action in this might have been a little bit better than an Endgame. And I was like. And oh, the end game action! That final battle scene is unparalleled. Are oh, you freaking kidding me? See, I should have had your dad. Your dad is a, a esteemed lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. I should have had him on as my, uh, you know, uh, what's what's my uh, attorney? Um, is there like a side? Uh, your counsel. My counsel. Thank you. That's the term I was looking for there. I'm, yeah, I'm typically versed in bird law, so I'm not sure <laughs> terminology. Uh, yeah, well, he's only been he's only had to go to court a couple times. The type of law he practices, some somewhat like some real attorneys would argue he's not actually an attorney. So okay, all yeah. right. Well, yeah. objection <laughs> overruled. Uh, this week in the DSG West, I'm a little confused by what Dork's doing. I think that they actually uh, Davey talked about this one time on. Uh, Furloughed friends with Lucy and I, the they're doing hypotheticals, which is like a, a game, I think, which we should be fun, maybe more fan interactive, which I know they get criticized for. Okay, quite a bit. It could be. that's interesting. There, you got my attention there. Yeah. I, all right, I like that. I know Mac and Goo had something that, that the people should love. Uh, the twenty best comedies from the aughts, yes, two thousands for the people out there. Um, I believe their episode was already recorded, live streamed, yes. Uh, yes. and it will be hitting you know newsstands on Tuesday, Goose Day. Yep, just like everybody else except for PCP, who they're doing a road trip songs draft. I'm not sure. Do you know who's in on this? Did you talk to Billy about it? No, I didn't, but I really like this idea a lot. Again, this is getting back to uh, what I think uh, the women, uh, the wives of the, uh, you know, hashtag Dorkshire Gooniverse like so much as the music themed episodes. I know my wife does. So yeah. she'll be uh, definitely listening into this. Yeah, uh, not listening to our episode, uh, probably. Wow. That's. She listens. To, she listens. She's one of our top fans. Don't don't do that. No, she listens on the way home. Okay, yeah, so that's fine. So, any yeah, well, one thing live streams one thing. Listen to the, she listens to the audio version, but I know that uh, PCP does their live broadcast on Tuesdays. They're the only ones that don't broadcast. Well, 
Mac and Goo, I never know when they do their live broadcast. No. But we also have TLDR this week. That will be on Thursday at 7, which is now the usual time. I'm not sure what Doc's talking about. He's been doing scary books this whole time, so maybe he's going to finally go to My Little Pony. I know he's been putting that off for a little while. But I will be talking a uh, a DC book, but with characters that you didn't maybe didn't necessarily know they were a DC property. So I'm very I'm very excited about this one. And Doc said to me, oh, this would have been a good one for uh, Dorktober. I... I I don't think so. I'll tell you after the show. And then, of course, we have furloughed friends on Tuesday and Friday throughout the course of the week. Those are at 9 Tuesday, which is election night, too. So I'm, wow. that'll be fun with Lucy, and I don't know what the hell we're going to do with that. Well, see, I would I would be tuning in, but I'm going to have uh, – you know, I'll probably order some comfort food uh, for Tuesday um, and then have the some some form of the debate go, or the election stuff going on. Yeah, and I will definitely have Joe Rogan and Tim Dillon uh, live streamcast going during the. Uh, oh, the I didn't know they were doing a live thing too as well. Well, if you guys want something a little more, well, I don't know, maybe Joe Rogan will be funny on this subject. I don't know. Well, Lucy and I will be keeping it loose, I guess. But okay, that's uh, yeah. reminder. We're going to be unveiling those shirts. If you're listening to us on the audio on the audio channel, our shirts are already out. The new shirts. Uh, for yes. change my mind debate club. Funny people yeah of course but they're for you guys we hope you enjoy them we're very excited i can't wait to order them but th- those are not the only ones they're going to be unveiled this month so you guys can get some change my mind stuff for the holidays of course there's also hashtag dork stuff hashtag dork shared gooniverse stuff um over on t public and eventually there'll be pcp stuff and maybe even tldr at some point we're talking to oh. talk about that maybe we'll get that out before the holidays for you guys but tbd until next week wes yeah i like that that sounds good to me same bad time same bad place 